Hey, Caitlin. Hi. How's it going? It's good. We should start a podcast, right? (laughs) This is the Keeping Room Podcast. I'm Caitlin, an architect, old house nerd, and DIY enabler. And I'm Jake, an old house lover and DIY enthusiast. This is a space for us to share why we love old houses, what they can teach us, and how you can apply those lessons to your home. Welcome to The Keeping Room. Welcome to The Keeping Room. I'm Jake, an old house lover in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm Caitlin, a architect in Tulsa, and I also own an old house. And you like it. And I like it. Okay. I like it a lot. It's great. <laughs> so, uh, Caitlin and I had this idea to start a podcast and kind of share some of our feelings and affections about old houses. Um, but Caitlin had the idea of calling it the keeping room. So, Caitlin, what Did is a keeping room? Didn't you have that idea, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, a keeping room is, in the colonial times, like, people had kitchens and kitchens were the warmest place in the house and attached to a kitchen was what people called a keeping room where you just kind of hung out and stayed warm and cozy and chatted about life and thoughts and learning and it's just a cool place to hang out and it's having a moment right now in designs kind of coming back it's a bit of an anachronistic thing like out of time, we don't really have... Because we don't need to do our needlepoint by the fire anymore. No, no, we don't. But a lot of people hang out in the kitchen all the time. Like, I have a tiny kitchen. I had a kitchen couch, and it was the hottest spot in the house. Yeah, exactly. So we thought, hey, it's a cool place to hang out and chat about why we love old houses and things that should come back from old houses and why you should maybe respect things that old houses have and just kind of talk about that so the the keeping room is kind of a return to um not necessarily the anti-open floor plan but recognizing that having some dedicated spaces and appreciating some walls to divide up rooms is really cool but also appreciating that rooms can serve multiple functions yeah exactly well and i think i mean we have these Now, open floor plan, huge kitchen. Everyone wants to have their kitchen connected to their living and dining room. And that's mostly from that idea that we want to gather in the kitchen and people are always hanging out in the kitchen. But I find I hate having my kitchen connected to things (laughs) because if I make a holy mess in there and I want to walk away from it, I can't because now I'm like sitting in my living room looking at my dishes. So I think it's that's a nice thing and i think also that's coming back kitchens being separated from living space but i think people still want to be able to hang out in the kitchen while they're cooking um you know have somewhere for the kids to play or whatever but then you can like move away from that into the rest of your house so i think that a keeping room is like kind of a cool thing to bring back um yeah you brought up how it's it's an informal place for families to gather right and you do Instead of like just lounging, you do the business of life. Um, Keeping room is the perfect place to have your cup of coffee in the morning and chat with your spouse or uh, balance your checkbook or keep an eye on the kids while they're doing their homework. Um, And it kind of keeps those, it keeps those functions 
concise in a small space so that chaos doesn't spread to the rest of the house. Yeah. And we want to take that informal, cozy feeling and share it virtually across the internet with friends and strangers um, that will hopefully become friends in the future. Yeah. Okay, so Jake, why do you love old houses? How did you get obsessed with old houses? <laughs> Tell that story. Uh, sure. So I grew up in South Louisiana where there are old houses, but they're usually like plantation homes, massive like mansions or their shacks. Um, a lot of them are still occupied, but that's not the house that I grew up in. Um, we grew up in a house that my family built when I was really young. Um, fun fact, I was an accident. So my parents were like, oh, this house that we plan to live in long-term won't work anymore. We need a bigger one. Um, so they, they worked with an uncle who's a naval architect and designed this house that my parents wanted. And it was super cool. Um, it had a lot of like detailed trim work and um, thoughtful cabinetry and, and all of this wonderful detail throughout the house that I didn't realize wasn't normal in houses to have like eight inch crown molding around <laughs> ceilings and yeah. things. Um, but also, even though it was a new house, my family took very much an old house mentality to it. Um, so for five or six years, my mom didn't have a doorknob to her bathroom. And I, she would shove a washcloth in there. When How did it was, she get into the bathroom? And there was the hole. That okay. was the cutout, which we covered up with a washcloth when you needed to use it. Um, and one year for Christmas, she got a doorknob. And she was thrilled. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> there, there were infinite projects to be had in the house uh, because we needed to move in and life happens. And so we, in a lot of ways, took the old house mentality of this is, it's a living environment um, and you, there's infinite opportunities for improvement and for work and growth and you work on it when you have time. Yeah. It doesn't all have to be done right away. And it could be done right away if we called the guy up the street who owns the construction business. But there's, <laughs> there's quality and there's value in thinking through things and, and doing it with your hands, learning the right way, learning the appropriate ways to do things to make sure this is good and long lasting and comes out the way you want it. Um, and, and ultimately, the house isn't just a building that you live in, but it, it contributes to your quality of life. Um, and I looked around after moving out, after going to college, and realized most houses aren't built like that anymore. No. Um, things are, are thrown up in subdivisions in six months, and everyone has the same faucets and trim, and uh, why is the pantry door this way? I don't know, because it worked, and that's just where they threw it, but that it doesn't actually make sense with how you work in the kitchen. Um, and... Old houses have the thought and care put into it to make sure that they're done right and they work well for the people that live in them. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's grand. I think it's great. And, and when we can put the thought and effort into things to make sure that they're worthwhile and long-lasting, we have good quality housing stock in our communities that people can, can enjoy for generations. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to come to loving old houses. So when you moved out and you were looking for a house of your own, you started looking at old houses. Well, I, I didn't. I, I didn't know that was a thing that I wanted because 
in some ways, my parents always talked down on them. Like, oh, drafty old houses. You'll never get those windows to seal, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. In places where I was living, there were new houses and old houses. And I could look at the pictures of a new house and realize I didn't want to live there. <laughs> um, but look at pictures of an old house and, you know, appreciate the charm and the character and the warmth. It just came across even through a digital picture on the internet in a way that looking at a subdivision house didn't. And, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe there's, maybe this is cool. And then the more time you spend in them, the more you see the detail and appreciate the craftsmanship, I think the more that love grows. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And what about you? What's your story? So I came to old houses in a very different way. Um, I grew up in Midwestern Michigan, I guess technically it's not Midwestern. I don't know what Michigan is. And um, it wasn't an old house. It was a house built in maybe the 80s. And it was actually a well-built house and we loved it. And when I was 12, we moved to a house built kind of in the late 90s. And how rickety that house was always drove me crazy. In fact, part of when I, when I was applying for colleges, I had decided kind of junior year of high school that I wanted to be an architect because I'd taken a drafting class and it blended art and engineering because mm-hmm. I was really into art and my dad is an engineer. So I was also like really into building things. We, we'd build lots of crazy stuff when I was a kid. Um, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> we built a newspaper delivery cart that was like welded together with these super fast bicycle wheels. Anyway, it was a whole thing. So (laughs) always working on cars, always working on stuff. And so when I applied for architecture school, just down the street, the builder that had built the house that we lived in had also just built a new house and we called it the ugly house because it was literally all of the pieces and parts that he had left over from building several houses. So it was this horrible box with like mismatched windows and it was just terrible. So I wrote an essay to the effect of, I want to save the world from ugly houses. And (laughs) as, as a 14 year old does, how old were you? (laughs) I think I was like, well, I would have been 16 or 17. It was was a college essay. Um, So applied for architecture school, went to architecture school, did all that. I went to the architecture school in Cincinnati, um, which had at the time, and this kills me now in hindsight, had this amazing preservation track to the architecture thing. And I didn't do it. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know, blinded to how cool old buildings were. Um, and I even in, at some point in college co-opt, I worked, I was trying to do residential architecture, which again is hard to do even in, school that's a whole thing um they're talking about like big architecture that changes the world and like houses are kind of a one-on-one thing um but most architects actually do residential architecture like that's a more common path well houses get built a lot more often than skyscrapers exactly exactly and i was never in it for the ego um in college i took a co-op that was working for hucker design on martha's vineyard which was a really cool thing to do. And at some point during that co-op, um, I went to the Breakers with a friend. So all of those amazing old houses yeah. in Newport, Rhode Island, and went through them, and I was bored. <laughs> 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 and I don't know. And I look 
looking back at that person, I'm like, who the heck was that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, old trim, whatever. These are dark and digi. And it, it was, it's weird to think that I once thought that. So then, you know, I've always loved houses. I think design is cool. I've always been interested in design and whatnot. So I go... And I graduate and I go and I live in Maine and I work for a residential firm for a couple of years. And then we moved to Tulsa when the economy crashed in Maine, whole thing. Um, and I work for a high-end residential firm over here that um, did really, really detailed houses. And we did a lot of really detailed trim and they were basically new houses built to be old houses. There was always a story behind the design choices we made. And it was kind of like, well, this house was one smaller and they added on. And so we'd like think about that as it was like an old house that came to be over time. Mm -hmm. um, and after a couple months living in Tulsa, I found the house that I live in now. Um, and we went through it on a tour and I loved it. I fell in love with this house the instant I saw it. And I was like, this has to be mine. It has, and if you followed me anywhere, anytime, it has this amazing, amazing arch mm -hmm. that's just <laughs> incredible. Um, and it was kind of perfect for us because it's just me and my husband, small, little house, little bungalow. And we could afford it <laughs> at the time <laughs> because often old houses have been either neglected or they're in the, you know, the kind of rundown part of town. Uh, they, and yours was both, correct? It was both. It wasn't super rundown. The people before it had loved it. They had saved it from condemnable conditions. Okay. Uh, they made some choices that I would not have made. <laughs> Literally everything was wallpapered. I peeled wallpaper. Well, I think I finished peeling wallpaper last year. So that was almost 10 years of peeling wallpaper. <laughs> Not consistently, but it yes. took a long time. So, you know, we knew we were going to be working on it. And we knew, you know, we came into it knowing it was going to be a project. And naive 27-year-old me was like, it'll be done in two years. And here we are 11 <laughs> years later. And I'm starting to redo projects I've already done once. And I still haven't finished a lot of them, too. But again, it's not a consistent working on it time. But... Over that time, I learned to really appreciate all of the details of old houses and just got obsessed with them. And I got looped into the Preservation Commission with Tulsa, so I got really into like actual historic preservation, so I learned a lot about that. I've been to a couple um, conferences on preservation and taken classes on like how to work on windows like old wood windows how to work on plaster how to work on floors um and just really appreciating the craftsmanship that goes into an old house and then also balancing that with how houses get built today and seeing how that process works and how it can be frustrating because i feel like and again i don't know i wish i had a time machine when houses were built a hundred years ago, the people that were building them really cared about what they were doing. And mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. don't feel that so much from most of the things that get built today. Now there are still true craftsmen. They exist. Uh, but I feel like it's more rare. So, um, so you, you kind of brought up a point about, uh, when you first came to Tulsa, you were building new old houses. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
I think you and I both appreciate that when we say we love old houses, that's with air quotes. Um, <laughs> can you can you just kind of explain that a little bit more? It's really, I mean, a new old house is just a house built with the detail and care of an old house, a new house built with that. So it's very purpose built. They're usually, especially for these clients, it was very geared to their lives and how they live. They weren't standardized big box houses that we've built 50 times. These were, we take exactly the parameters of this particular family and build a house specifically for them with true craftsmanship details. Like I've designed cabinetry that has been like hand carved, turned, Mm -hmm. like just like, and you make these connections with the true craftsmen that still exist um, in this. And we never picked trim from a catalog. It was always, well, let's just make another custom trim (laughs) knife. Like it was never, I mean, nothing was stock. Very little was, you know, off the rack as it were. And now some things are, but you know, as a whole, there were no stock solutions. Uh, And it was, it was just really fun and interesting. And I've brought that to my own practice. Um, but I like to work with people who have more normal budgets. <laughs> <laughs> so usually we have to start with an old house that already has some of that detail. Um, and that brings us to where I am today and why we started this podcast. Cause I've got a lot of stuff to share and I hate <laughs> writing blogs. <laughs> uh, and as a, a client who's worked with Caitlin, I can say we didn't start thinking about how we can design custom trim work. We started with what spaces do you need in the house? Mm-hmm. How do you need the house to function for you? And then as we got more into detail, it the questions became, okay, what do you want to really shine? Do you want super custom cabinetry? Or are you okay with closet shelving that comes from Ikea, but we put some trim work on it and make it look really nice. We make right. it look like a built-in. Um, so I, you know, I think the, the thoughtfulness and the care that goes into the entire process of, of your house gives it that old house feel. Mm-hmm. It isn't necessarily about high, how high end the, the finishes are, but it's about the thought and care that goes every step along the way. Yeah, definitely that, definitely that. Okay, so then <laughs> let's go ahead and just talk about real quickly what we what we hope this podcast does, what we want to achieve through it. So we hope to share both of our knowledge because we've both been through a lot of DIY. Woo! <laughs> um, obviously, when you live in an old house, you learn to do things because sometimes you can't find the craftsman. Mm-hmm. I can't find someone to work on plaster in Tulsa. They all just do drywall, and there's a very different thing between plaster and drywall um talk about some of those tips and tricks and talk about why you might value those things over the cookie cutter um what you can get out of the box for new houses we also want to talk about how you can put that thoughtfulness and the the intention into thinking through your home um so whether whether you're thinking about just redecorating. How can you bring in personal character and make spaces that work for you? And then as you move into thinking about a renovation or even potentially building a new home, 
what are what are some of the ideas and things you need to mull over to get ready for each of those steps to make sure you have that home at the end of the process that feels custom and purpose-built and intentional and works the best for you. Yeah. One more thing we want to cover is about how to maintain your old houses. Um, because these houses, which can be super cool and can last for centuries, they need some love. They need some attention. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's kind of like a relationship. You know, you got to put some work into it. <laughs> In order for it to be good on the other side. Right. Uh, so checking in with some of those uh, kind of everyday things or not necessarily everyday tasks, but things to do on a regular schedule to make sure your home stays in good working order and knowing what you can do as a repair and when it's time to call on a pro. Make yeah. sure you get some help. Well, and no maintenance is, doesn't exist. No maintenance does not exist. Low maintenance exists. And honestly, old houses are super resilient, right? They can take 50 years of deferred maintenance, whereas a new house, maybe not so much. Mm -mm. That vinyl siding isn't going to hold up to 50 years of deferred maintenance. Those vinyl windows are definitely not going to hold up, even for 50 years, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And no maintenance basically means you can't maintain it. So low maintenance, thinking through, you know, all sorts of things. And again, I have tons of little tidbits of knowledge we'd love to at some point answer listener questions that'd be fun uh right now we haven't started that but hopefully it will be a wealth of knowledge and we can open your eyes to things you might not have noticed before because again you don't know what you don't know a lot of people wouldn't know the difference between plaster and drywall sheetrock or drywall um you know, people value wood floors, but they might not know what passive floor restoration is because mm-hmm. um, you don't necessarily have to sand your floor to restore it um, and why you might not want to do sanding your floors and, you know, just all sorts of fun stuff. So stick around. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, guys, thank you all so much for joining us today. I'm Jake. And I'm Caitlin. And thanks for joining us in the keeping room. We'll talk to you next time. The Keeping Room is a production of Bungalow Roots Architecture. I'm Caitlin Parker. You can find me at Bungalow Roots on Instagram, where I'm most active, or on my website at bungalowroots.com. And I'm Jake Landry. Follow along with me at Reluctant House Husband on Instagram or on my website, reluctanthousehusband.com. If you've got questions or comments about the podcast, Caitlin and I would love to hear from you at our email address, thekeepingroompod at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Until next time.